Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, on this Monday, coming off another day of practice at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, and the last practice before the Raiders will be in action on Thursday in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame game going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Raiders will be off tomorrow as they travel. They're going to do a walkthrough on Wednesday. They'll actually walk through the Hall of Fame as well, be able to soak in that experience, and then... The game will be on Thursday, and who knows exactly what you're going to see, who you're going to see, but just know that you will see some kind of football activity. You will see an actual game being played on Thursday, the first preseason game of the 2022 upcoming season. So exciting to know that we have finally made it. It's the first of the month, August 1, uh, and again, just a couple short days away from football being back and so pretty excited about that i'll be flying out to canton ohio tomorrow evening following the show so today is the last day that i'll be doing the show from the home studio as demond is in the finley cadillac performance studio i'll actually be in studio tomorrow and then i'll be out of studio again on wednesday and thursday and friday and also on saturday and uh, we're having a big saturday show leading into the enshrinement uh, ceremony at the Hall of Fame, so make sure you tune into that right here on Raider Nation Radio, 9, 28 to 9 a.m., and then 9 a.m. is when the, the enshrinement ceremony takes place in Canton, Ohio, and I still don't understand why they're doing it so early, but I guess that's not for me to understand. Normally, it's a later-in-the-day event, and then it leads into all the celebrations and the parties that evening, and then uh, Sunday is uh, a, a day to to go and celebrate. And matter of fact, you get an opportunity if you hang around all day on Sunday, uh, and if you're you know credentialed or you have tickets to it. There's a nice. Uh, it's basically around the table or around. It's like a it's like a gold jacket ceremony around the table. So following the enshrinement, they have a celebration on Sunday. I'll be flying back around 7 a.m. on Sunday morning, so I won't be around for that. But there's going to be a lot of activities that take place throughout the course of the week that will be all over. So make sure you're tuned in to Raider Nation Radio 920 for all of that. I'm telling you, we're going to be locked and loaded, wall-to-wall, full-throttle, Hall of Fame, and, of course, the game on Thursday. Excited about it. I believe we're going to have locker room action following the game, too. I'm not 100% sure, but I do think that is going to be the case, and I do know it's going to be the case for the upcoming season. So uh, you're going to start to hear a lot of things that you normally wouldn't hear. And, I mean, nothing earth-shattering, but just for us to be able to be into the locker room and have those one-on-one experiences, or even if it's in a group setting, uh, still you're, you're, it's not the conversation that you're hearing at the podium uh, that you heard all of last season because we were still under the COVID-19 protocols. So it's going to be great to be back into the locker room. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But uh, there's a, I, I can break down everything that's going to happen all week long, but we'll continue to do that throughout the course of the day here and obviously the course of the week. Uh, I did want to do a little housekeeping real quick. The Raiders have signed linebacker Curtis Bolton, and then they put uh, they put Kaiser, uh, Micah Kaiser, on the IR. So Micah Kaiser was the guy that we saw carted off from practice on Sunday, and we didn't know the severity of the injury, but he is now out for the season. Uh, the Raiders have put him on the IR, and they signed linebacker Curtis Bolton, who did practice today with the silver and black. So just a little bit of housekeeping right there just to let you know uh, who's in and who's out. And I'll say this when it comes to injuries, the Raiders are 
I don't want to say having a ton of injuries, but they're a little nicked up here and there, right? They've got a, a few few bumps and bruises, to say the least. So just kind of continue to pay attention and see what's going on as far as the injury front goes with the silver and black because they're starting to get just a few. But let's go ahead and get into the show today and who's coming up on the show today and always excited about it. Coming up at 2.30, Ed Graney from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, also from uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal, does a great job writing for them. He'll join us just to talk about training camp so far, the experience, what uh, he's been seeing, what stood out to him. Of course, we'll talk about the competition at the off on the offensive line because there is definitely a big-time competition along that offensive line. Uh, just on Saturday alone, we saw Alex Leatherwood uh, have first-team reps, second-team reps, and 13 reps so um, you know that was just one tough day at the office for Alex Leatherwood uh, I believe he bounced back a little bit at least in my opinion he bounced back and looked uh, better on on Sunday but every day is a true competition today there was even uh, Brandon Parker taking snaps at the at the left tackle position kind of just getting some some experience at that spot just in case something were to ever happen to Colton Miller and uh, and then you saw Alex Leatherwood out there at the right tackle position as well so uh, there's a lot of competition there's a lot of guys rotating in and out uh, today's practice the one thing I can tell you about today's practice is it just seemed like it, it was at a different pace like when they when they first allowed us in there because I think practice probably was going on for maybe maybe 20 or 30 minutes before we're actually allowed in there to see what was going on. We weren't in, allowed in until about 8.30. But the minute that we got in there, got to the sideline and started uh, checking out the, the practices, man, they just seemed like that they were going at a, a, a quick pace. They, of course, they did their stretching. But after the stretching was over, they just went. It just seemed like everything was going a little bit quicker. It felt like that it was a game week, and it is a game week, but it just it just felt like there was almost a sense of urgency, and uh, I really enjoyed what I saw today and seeing the guys going through the drills and going from spot to spot, location to location, like I said, just going with a sense of urgency. So we'll talk to Ed Graney coming up at 2.30, all things Raiders training camp, just get his thoughts. Uh, at 3 o'clock, very excited to have uh, Coach Daryl Tootle. He's an El Dorado High head football coach. He's going to join the show. The Raiders today – had a lot of folks in attendance, like 1,300 people were in attendance, uh, guests from the Las Vegas community, including uh, the football team from El Dorado High School, Las Vegas High School. Bishop Gorman was in represent, was represent, uh, represented. Green Valley High School was there. Uh, Arbor View, Canyon Springs, Foothill High School, and many more. You know, they had the girls' flag football team from Shadow Ridge, Clark High, Desert Oasis, Basic High School. They were all there. There were so many different people there so uh, I, I, I got an opportunity to talk to coach Daryl Tootle for just a few minutes and uh, decided that I wanted to make sure I had him on the show today so coming up at three o'clock we'll talk to him about the experience that the kids from El Dorado uh, they had being out there at practice today I mean I think that's a big deal you're going to high school you're a football player uh, I think everybody's dream is always to be on play on the next level regardless if you know you're going to be that guy or not I mean we all know that it's a very small amount of people that go from high school and play on the next level and then there's a very small amount even smaller amount that go from college and, and play on the next level so it's the elite of the elite but just to be able to have that experience and and go out there and check it out and see what's going on and you know just just for those those young men I thought that that was really cool and of course uh, for coach as well to be able to be out there so we'll talk to him coming up at three o'clock all things El Dorado High School football and I'll also talk to him about the experience that they had today uh, 3.30, I plan on cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Of course, the big news uh, out of the NFL today is Deshaun Watson and the six-game suspension, and I don't think anybody is in agreement that that's what it should be, but that's what it is. That's what it is right now. The NFL has three days. To
suspension. I'm not the guy that had the ruling. It's That was just my opinion, and we all have opinions, and I know a lot of people are up in arms about the suspension only being six games, and it f- feels like that it's it's wrong. It feels like the NFL uh, has always been very inconsistent when it comes to suspensions. So, hey, go outside of the NFL and get someone to, to make the suspension. Okay, that's a good idea, which is what they did. And it came back six games. So uh, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So I, I don't really know what the right answer is. Uh, was it enough for me? Not really. But it's going to have to be enough for me because they're not worried about trying to satisfy me or Demond or anyone else. I mean, it's all about what they think was the proper suspension. So they gave Deshaun Watson six games, and uh, we'll see if the NFL appeals it. But uh, there's plenty of other news to get to in the NFL as well, so we'll do that coming up at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, I want to hear from Lester Cotton Sr. Uh, he's a guy that we've talked about quite a bit on the show. He's been written about multiple times. He's been talked about, I think, on every show as a guy that's really starting to make noise in training camp and really has an opportunity to be a guy along that offensive line that, again, like I mentioned, is very competitive. He met with the media today. Uh, it was Kennedy Palomalu, the running backs coach. It was Lester Cotton, and then uh, who else met with? Oh, and then uh, Jayon Brown, the linebacker, Jayon Brown. Uh, he's a free agent signed from Tennessee. He met with us as well. So it was just those three, but Lester Cotton was no doubt about it, the dude. I mean, he was the, the guy. I thought everything that he had to say was really good. Uh, he was in a place that was not a good place when he first got into the league, when he uh, signed with the Raiders as an undrafted free agent. He's a guy that's been cut like four times, you know, and and found a way through faith in God and also uh, by leaning on his wife a lot to be able to get the strength to stick with it and and continue to work on his craft and to get better and to get in shape. And I mean, just everything, just getting out of his own way in his words, not my words, his words. He said, I had to learn how to get out of my own way. And so I think that it's really uh, a powerful media session. And a lot of times I won't play the whole media session. A lot of times I'll just play some clips here and there. But I think that with him, I think it's just more impactful if you hear the whole thing. Because, again, it was, to me, just sitting there, it was one of those I didn't even want to ask a question because I just wanted to stay locked in on what he had to say. So I I thought that it was some good stuff from Lester Cotton Sr. So you'll hear from him coming up around 4 o'clock. And then at 4.30, Casey Stern, host of the Unfiltered with Casey Stern uh, podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He's actually going to join the show to talk Major League Baseball trade deadline. And it's so funny. Uh, I've always said it. I'm a big baseball fan. I love the game of baseball. Uh, And with the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, I wanted to make sure he got on the show. He was actually supposed to be on the show last week, but we just had a scheduling conflict, so we weren't able to grab him. So we'll get him today the tread deadlines tomorrow I was on the radio this weekend and <laughs> I was talking about the A's and the Yankees and the A's of course always go and trade uh, every player that's that's a fan favorite or any player that's good they always go and trade them so I remember having a conversation over the weekend about Frankie Montas the the A's pitcher and I asked somebody and I don't know who it was and no disrespect to them I just forget who it was uh, I said well what's the chances that Frankie Montas is going to get traded to the Yankees because, well, the A's do what the A's do. And I remember them saying, yeah, there's probably a good chance the, A's, or the Yankees are going to be looking for pitching. Well, lo and behold, Frankie Montas got traded to the Yankees earlier today. So uh, I'll talk to him, uh, Casey, all things MLB trade deadline, but also talk about uh, what the A's continue to do, which is just trade players, trade players, and trade players. But, uh, of course, there's big fish out there. It's still available, like Juan Soto. Is he going to end up being with the Nationals uh, after turning down that 15-year, $440 million contract? Or is he going to end up somewhere else? Is a team like the Dodgers, Yankees, Padres, who knows? Are they going to make a move for him? So it's always interesting interesting 
times around the trade deadline. So we'll talk to Casey Stern coming up at 4.30. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show. Ed Graney at 2.30, Coach Daryl Tootle at 3 o'clock, and then Casey Stern at 4.30. And, of course, you'll hear from Lester Cotton Sr. coming up at 4 o'clock. Now that you know the guests coming up on the show today, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, when we're out at training camp, we're always paying attention to who's out there and what they're doing, right? We always want to see what player looks good. One of my notes today was that Max Crosby, and this shouldn't be a surprise, looks really good. Right? I mean, he looks really good. And I remember last year around this time during training camp saying how fast Max Crosby looked. I said, man, this dude just looks really fast. Like he's playing at a, 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 just a higher rate of speed. Well, we learned later why he was so fast. Well, he gets the bag. He gets the contract extension this offseason. Uh, he has a new running buddy in Chandler Jones. And, man, I'll tell you right now, Max Crosby looks the part. He looks fantastic. Not only does he look fast, but he's just been a menace for everyone along that offensive line. I've had a couple people respond to me and say, of course he's been a menace on the offensive line. The offensive line is terrible, so why, why wouldn't he? It's too easy for him. That's not, I, I don't believe that. Like, that's, not, that's not why he looks that good. You know, I think that that's shortchanging Max if you say that that's why he looks so good. He looks so good because he's putting in the work. He's busting his backside, and he's doing a really good job. And not only that, his leadership has been fantastic. After practice today, they were lining up to do just some, some sprints and you know some conditioning drills, and everyone was waiting along the defensive line until Max got there so they could run. I mean, and, you could, and then you saw him lead the, the sprints across the field and everything. I mean, just, he's, he's showing that leadership. He's showing what that guy who just got the bag is supposed to do. Which doesn't mean that that's what they always do. A lot of times guys will get the bag and they'll get uh, fat and happy is the way we, we, we word it. Fat and happy. You know, they'll get the, get the paycheck and then they'll say, okay, I don't have to work as hard. It looks like Max Crosby, and again, this should not be a surprise, it looks like he's working even harder now that he's got that contract to prove to himself, prove to the staff, and prove to the other players even why he got it. You know, I, I just I feel like Max is a guy that's going to continue to grow and grow and just get better and better at his craft in the league. So uh, one good report coming out of camp is Max Crosby looks fantastic. Uh, there's other guys that I think are doing some really good work, like Nate Hobbs today. He looked really good. Uh, he had a couple uh, pass breakups and a couple really good times defending against Devontae Adams, and that's, you know, that's a matchup that we like to watch. We like to watch Darren Waller and Trayvon Merritt go up against each other, but, man, I'll tell you, seeing Nate Hobbs and Devontae Adams, and this was in, you know, like 11-on-11 drill. I mean, this is, this is when it's – I don't want to say live action because they're still not, you know, tackling to the ground or anything, but there was one play in the end zone that he broke up where Devontae Adams had a beat. It was like a series of two plays in a row, two or three plays in a row, where one, it was just really great coverage, and Derek tried to squeeze it into Devontae, and, and the coverage was too good, and so Devontae couldn't make the catch. And he got a little frustrated. He even kicked the, the pylon. Like he was, you, know, you could tell that he was frustrated that he wasn't able to come down with that, that ball. So then on the very next time that they go up against each other, Devontae beats Nate on the inside. I mean, there's just no doubt. He's beat. So it's going to be a touchdown, right? All of a sudden, Nate Hobbs makes this break on the ball and just goes and knocks it down it was a great pass breakup it really was and shows you that even when you're beat you can still especially in the red zone you can still make up for it and make a play and that's exactly what he did so that was another one but there was a, a another play that he made uh, against Devontae Adams in in drills like that that just 
I mean, again, he just is looking the part. He's out there uh, playing at a very high level, and I don't think that that should surprise us either because of what we saw from Nate last year. I think he's just going to continue to get better and better, and we actually got a chance to talk to him on Saturday, and he just seems like a guy that, you know, he's he from where he is, he's from and, and the fact that, you know, he was, wasn't heavily recruited and, uh, you know, had to go to, to Illinois to play uh, football and, you know, just kind of been overlooked almost his whole life. He was a fifth-round draft pick. It just seems like he's one of those guys that just is going to let that, you know, sink in with him the whole time. Like he's in the league, right? He's just going to use that as a little bit of an edge or a little bit of providing that chip-on-the-shoulder type mentality. And I could appreciate that. I really can. So I think that uh, the Raiders really got a good one with Nate Hobbs, and he's going to even be better this upcoming year. But I mentioned, I mentioned Max Crosby and his running buddy. His running buddy is Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones now has missed four days of practice. He missed Thursday last week. Going all the way back to last week, he missed Thursday. Friday was an off day. Saturday he missed. Sunday he missed. And then today. So four days of practice in total. So, one, it's only August 1st. I'm definitely never going to overreact to something like that, good or bad. You know, I'm not going to overreact to it because it's training camp and, and we know what it is and we know that Chandler Jones is a, is a veteran. He's been in the league long enough to know that what he needs to do to be ready for the upcoming season and you think that that's going to be, you know, just fine. But him missing four, four days is not something that, that I would expect. I would expect him to get a veteran day here, a veteran day there, but four in a row seems to be – you know, a little, a little concerning at, at, at best right now, a little concerning. So I want to throw it out there to you, as I always do, at 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. If we're putting levels on this, Damon, if we're putting levels of concern, level one is obviously just, okay, there's a little bit of concern. Level two, there's, you know, some pretty, pretty good concern. Level three, it's full-blown, sky's falling. You know, I mean, the worst thing ever is going on right now, and maybe that's a little overdramatic, over the top. Uh, level three is basically, you know, hey, I'm very concerned about this situation. I want to know how concerned you are with Chandler Jones and him not being out there. Because, like I said, I think I'm at a level one right now just because he's a veteran and he's been there, done that, and you know what to, to expect from him. But at the same time, he's, you know, getting familiar with a new team, getting familiar with a new coaching staff. I mean, he's doing – He's doing a lot of things. There's a lot of new going on around the Raiders, and so you'd think that it'd be good for him to be out there and, and be out there more times than not. Let's put it like that. And not to mention, he's also trying to help these younger guys along as well and, and show that leadership that Max Crosby is showing. So I just want to hear from you. What level of concern do you have for Chandler Jones missing out on practice? Level one concern like myself, level two, or level three? So, DeMond, we'll start with you. What level are you at right now after Chandler Jones missing four days of practice? Man, to respect the question, I'm going to go with one, but I want to go 0.5 because I'm not really too concerned at all. Okay. I remember the date, like those old hard knocks. I remember when the Ravens had their hard knocks and Rod Woodson was a part of that team. And he was talking about he doesn't need it, like, you know, just because of he's known this coaching staff for so long. And I do think that with Chandler Jones, he's going to know the playbook. He's going to know where to be. So it's not so much that him missing anything, like in the classroom. He's already been in the league for so long. He knows the system. I think he's going to know the playbook and all of that good stuff. And then when it comes to being on the field, as long as he can go on game times and turn it on on Sundays, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I, I can see that. I, I think that there's got to be a little bit of concern for four days of practice. I mean, this is when you're you're developing your your bond with your brothers. You know, what I mean, like this is when the team camaraderie is being built. I, I feel like you've got to be out there uh, a little bit. And and again, 
I'm not saying that, you know, he's got some kind of some major issues going on and he's going to miss a bunch of time. I'm not saying that at all. You know, that's why that's why I'm only at a, a level one. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, the rest of the way, like I said, they're off tomorrow, so obviously we're not going to see anything there. Wednesday they're doing a walkthrough, and they're going to be walking through Canton, so they're not going to see anything there. And then Thursday it's the first preseason game, so you don't expect them to play anyway, right? So, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, well, now, well, hell, right? You're kind of stuck. You don't really know exactly, you know, what, what when you'll see him next or, you know, if you'll see him. I mean, hell, I don't get back from Canton, Ohio until Sunday. So they're returning, and Josh McDaniels is actually meeting with the media on Friday. So I don't know if we're going to do that by way of Zoom. We still haven't figured out how we're going to do it because most of the, the media is going to be in Canton, Ohio. The team is going to be back on Friday. So, uh, you know, maybe he'll return to practice on Friday, maybe he'll, or not Friday. Friday's the, the after the game day. Uh, maybe on Saturday. I'm not too sure. But, you know, just he's obviously a big name. He's one of the big acquisitions that the Raiders had this offseason. And, you know, with him missing the four days, that's kind of concerning. Now, another guy who didn't participate in practice today and hasn't participated the last two days is also Darren Waller. And there's multiple reasons why Darren Waller could miss practice, but I think that everyone's going to immediately go to the contract situation knowing that him and his, his, well, his agents and the team are working on whatever they're working on. They're in conversations, as Darren Waller has said. He's leaving that up to his agents. They're handling that with the, the Raiders. So uh, he's missed two days of, of practice. I don't expect him to, to suit up on, on Thursday either. So I want to throw it out there as well. What level of concern do you have with Darren Waller being out a couple days? Again, it could be as little as, I guess, zero. But in this, in this argument, since we're doing one, two, and three, uh, I'm going to go with the same, same level of concern that I have for Chandler Jones. I have a level one concern, but it's really leaning. It's like barely getting to a one, right? It's barely getting to a one. I'm kind of like you, how you said .05 or .5, whatever the case was, because I feel like the Waller situation is going to get worked out. I really do. I've been very adamant that I thought that the deal is going to get worked out at some point. Um, and I don't even know if him missing a couple days of practice has to do with the contract, but that's what we're always going to going to go back to and think, okay, well, they're still working on their negotiations between uh, the agents and the team. So uh, maybe he's you know banged up a little bit. I thought Sunday was probably just going to be a, a a Veterans Day off, but now that he's missed two days in a row, you figure that there's you know some reason behind that. Of course, I don't want to speculate and say what it is, but for me, I, if I had to pick a number one through three as far as level of concern with Darren Waller, I'll say a one. So for me, right now, Chandler Jones, I have more concern about him being out than I do Darren Waller, but I'll put them both at one, if that makes sense. But I'd like to hear from you at 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up at 2.30, we'll have Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas. We'll ask him the same questions if he's concerned about either, either one of the guys and what level of concern he has. But tomorrow, let's hit the phone line. Who's up first? Raider X. Raider X, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, guys. So I get it. I get it where you're coming from, Q, on the – level one, but, uh, you know, on a serious note, I mean, it'd be different if we're talking about, like, maybe Josh Jacobs, Clear Burrow, or, uh, you know, uh, Abrams, you know, just uh, uh, missing a couple days, but uh, looking, you know, really, what's happening behind the scenes in the, in the, you know, the position group, you know, and talking, you know, even I think when uh, Chandler Jones was mic'd up, he's talking about off-field meetings, talking about his position group that they're studying and getting together, he's talking about his hotel room. So you got to think about, you know, he's a true professional, and it's not like he's born to this group. 
and same thing with Waller. You know, these guys are, are running, and I guarantee you they're doing a lot of studying behind the scenes. So I have to give a nod, unfortunately, Q, to, to, to DeMond, and give it like, you know, a point five. You know, uh, I'm not too concerned about it. I think uh, D, D. Waller's going to get his money, and uh, Chandler Jones, uh, you know, he is going to bring it. And uh, he's going to bring it not only for his, himself and his overall work ethic, but he's going to bring it for Max. And together, they're going to set the tone. Like he says, he doesn't want to make you know, one great play a game. He wants to go back-to-back great plays. He wants to put them in bunches. I mean, that is, that's awesome stuff. So, not concerned, bro. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And that's, that's why I ask. You know, and again, I'm not trying to sound the alarm. Um, you know, I said one just because there was only three options. Right. So, you know, and and Andy tweeted at us and I appreciate that. He said, uh, Q, uh, James Palmer tweeted this earlier and James Palmer and uh, Ian Rappaport were both at uh, Raiders training camp earlier today. Chandler Jones has now missed the last four practices. My understanding, there is no concern or anything to really worry about with Jones. Darren Waller is absent today for the second straight day. So that's from James Palmer. And yeah, I mean, I think that's what we kind of said is that there's nothing really to worry about. I'm not too worried right now, but, you know, if it lingers on and lingers on then at some point you have to start being concerned right I mean let's just be honest about situation it's not like we have never heard hey there's nothing to worry about nothing to worry about and then all of a sudden there's something to worry about right I mean let's let's not be foolish and act like everything we hear is 100% accurate all the time so that's the other situation and that's why I throw out the question and ask you what level of concern you are and uh, just like Raider X he is not concerned at all so uh, I could appreciate that uh, tomorrow let's get one more call in who's up next Mitch in New Jersey Mitch, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? How's it going, buddy? Good show. Uh, hey, you and I have more worries than the whole team combined. <laughs> okay. All right. That was that was that was uh, that was my opening monologue. But I'll just say I'm, I got I'm you. more concerned with Josh Jacobs and the running game. Uh, Chandler Jones is a Hall of Famer. Darren, uh, they'll give him his money. Everyone's getting the money. He's still a evil guy. All the time. I just wish it would only be two preaching games. If we get an extra one, it's always something against the Raiders. It's the league. It's the league. The whole league is against the Raiders. It just seems two preaching games is enough. More than enough. It should be one. It should be one and a half. Like those college players a couple of years ago against Stanford for uh, two quarters. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's ridiculous. Okay. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Uh, let me try to hustle up and get one more in real quick at 702-365-9200. Who's up, Devon? Ulu. Ulu! Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? All right, just kidding. <laughs> Literally just talked to him. I was like, yeah, we're going to get you on. That's funny. Ulu said he got stage fright. Ulu was like, oh, no. <laughs> Instead of Ulu, it was, oh, no. But uh, that's all right. Ulu, hit us back if you get an opportunity. Uh, just want to throw it out there. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line as well. 69187, keyword R&R. Just want to know where you are, level one through three of concern for both Chandler Jones missing four days now of practice and Darren Waller missing two. I'm at a one, and that's only because... Well, that's the lowest number that I can get to. Obviously, three is the highest number. So, Damon is at a, basically a point five, and you might be as well. But we just want to hear from you. Uh, 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, my guy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show talk all things training camp. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. I don't even want to look. I, again, I hope Kyler's doing great myself. I watch a lot of film. Yeah, I'm leaving it at that. I'll leave it at that. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. There's Derek Carr right there from Saturday. He was asked about Kyler Murray and the whole studying film clause that was in his contract. It's no longer in his contract, and now Kyler Murray has COVID. So, uh, yeah, his offseason has been one hell of an offseason. You want to talk about a roller coaster, that is what Kyler Murray has been on. I've been throwing out there the question on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What level of concern do you have now that Chandler Jones has missed four days of practice and Darren Waller has missed two? 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He's on the press box from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff. And also, the Las Vegas Review-Journal does fantastic work for them as well. And, Ed, I'll start with you. Um, level of concern for Chandler Jones being – being out for four practices on a scale from one to three, and uh, Darren Waller from one to three? Uh, two on each. Okay. Um, you know, I, 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 I've been reading some things that, you know, maybe this is normal for Chandler Jones, that he does just take some time off. Uh, obviously, I think he's probably dealing with something. I think that the Raiders, uh, or it's the hope of the Raiders, that it's not serious. Darren Waller's interesting. Um, you and I saw him out there for most of the days before he sat out two days. And, Yep. Same with Chandler Jones. I mean, Chandler Jones, the last time we saw him, he practiced full and he was signing autographs. Mm-hmm. So it was weird that, you know, now four days later he hasn't been back. Darren Waller, the same thing. I don't know if you had seen anything, Q. You're out there every day. I didn't see anything with him. Right. But you never know. Guys go in the weight room. They go afterwards. They might have pulled or something. And, you know, and didn't, you know, they were able to finish practice, and all of a sudden they're missing a few days. So I don't want to overreact to either of them. Right. I don't think either of them are probably going to play on Thursday anyway. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see, but I don't, I, I'm not going to be completely over, over, uh, reacting just yet. Right. And I'm right there with you. I actually put it at a one for both. We've had people say that 0.5, like they're not concerned at all. So right. uh, that's fine. But I do think that there, you know, there, like you said, there could be a little something to it. And, you know, you mentioned, did you see anything that happened out there on the field? There was one play and I don't know if this had anything to do with anything, but there was one play that Darren Waller was involved in. And I don't remember it was on. Saturday, I don't remember who it was who kind of kind of flew into his legs, but they okay. they kind of flew into his. It was almost like a just a little small collision, but it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. And he, I think, got right up. And I, I don't know who else standing next to, but I was like, man, that could have got Darren hurt. That was like the last thing I said, <laughs> and the last thing. But I don't I don't think that there's you know there's too much to it, like you said. But as you mentioned, you never know. Guys go in the weight room, guys do something, and, and something could always happen. So yeah. You know. And, you know, with those two, I mean, talk about the ultimate precautionary. Right. I mean, yep. you're not going to mess around with those two at all. If they say, I have a muscle cramp, you're sitting them for a few days. I right. mean, there's just no reason to mess around with those two. They need those two uh, extremely important on both sides of the ball in terms of where they play. So, um, like I said, two might even be too high. I'm not, I'm not going to be overly concerned about it until, again, we don't see them next week or, you know, then it gets into a week. Then you start asking 10 to week to 10 days. They Right. Like I said, I don't think either of them. I mean, what were they going to do? Maybe a series at the most on Thursday? Right. Um, and maybe not even that. Um, I don't know. We're gonna, I'm interested to see, I think you are too, who he plays, how long they play. Um, you know, they're losing guys. I think you're suiting up a linebacker. You're going to be on the trip. <laughs> so, uh, you know, get, get, get yourself ready because uh, they're losing guys left and right. Um, but, again, that doesn't preclude. I don't think it precludes you from playing starters either. I think it maybe makes you even more cautious with starters at this point. 
Right, and you know, I was going to ask you about that because when we talked to Josh McDaniels on Sunday before practice, it felt like he like left the door open that we might see a couple starters, maybe even just a rep or two, but it sounded like they, they really weren't too sure exactly who they were going to play, but it sounded like maybe even if they don't do it this Thursday during the preseason, you're going to see uh, more than we actually have, have seen in the past as far as starters go. Yeah, and it's I think that has a lot to do with it being a first-year staff and first new schemes. I mean... You know, let's just take Derek Carr, for example. I don't know if you can not not play him some. Right. Um, it's just it's a new scheme, a new offense. You have to see how well those guys look. I don't know how much you play someone like that, but I think he has to play some. Maybe not Thursday. Maybe in the second week or the third week, you start getting them, you start getting them time. But you got to see. And, and defensively, the same thing. New defensive coordinator, um, going to do some new things. I think you have to play the starters some during preseason. But like I said, especially with these guys going down now and then your depth decreasing, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a paramount that Chandler Jones is healthy. Um, right. It's paramount that the corners play well. Um, because I think after Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman, we are talking about the show this morning, you know, you don't have a lot of great, great players. But if Chandler Jones and Max Crosby are great, as we pointed out on the show this morning, then a lot of that takes care of everything on the back end. Um, but that means Chandler Jones is healthy and he and Max Crosby are going crazy and getting after the quarterback. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll see some start. I think we'll see our st- all starters at some point. I just don't know how much. I wish you know. I don't remember offhand. Maybe you do. I don't know what the Patriots did in these situations. I don't know if Brady ever even played or if he should have in the preseason. This is different now. Carr running this system, but I'd like to go back and see because I think McDaniel's takes a lot of what he did there and kind of translates it to what he's going to do here. I agree, and I don't know about Brady specifically, but I do know that there were starters that played at times for the Patriots during yeah. the preseason, so uh, there's that. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney right now from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, one of the questions I asked Coach McDaniels on Sunday was about the competition along the offensive line, and on Saturday we saw Leatherwood take reps, the first-team reps, second-team reps, third-team reps, and then Sunday bounced back and looked like you know he, he was a lot more comfortable than he was on Saturday. What have you thought about the competition so far along the offensive line and the way that they're rotating guys in and out to de- each different position. Well, maybe they felt bad for him after watching that press conference because I sure did. Man. Um, and you were one of the ones also first yep. to uh, mention that uh, he, he he looked down. Yep. Um, you know, he's they they own nothing to Alex Leatherwood. They didn't draft him. Right. They didn't bring him in. I mean, he's got to compete. And I think that's probably the way they look at it. This is not one of their guys. If, if he doesn't work out, it's not going to be on them that it didn't work out. So, um, he's got to compete for a spot. Uh, I know you talked, I wasn't out there today, I think you talked to Lester Cotton today. Yeah. Um, I think Lester Cotton's having a great camp. Yep. Um, so I think right now, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen on Thursday. Like we said, we don't know about the starters. But my guess is most of the offensive line get at least a series. So, you know, I just think we think it's Miller, Simpson, James, Cotton, and Parker right now, and everyone else is competing for, you know, for spots, including Alex Leatherwood. Um, it was interesting to see Munford take some snaps before him, I think, like you said, on Saturday. Yep. Um, but then he was back in there yesterday. So I like Alex a lot. I think, you know, he stood up to the media and answered all the questions the other day. You could tell he was, you know, down. And that I think that had a lot to do with the practice and where they put him in that practice. But he, like you said, he bounced back the next day. And he's he's got to be like everyone else. There's a lot of competition. I still think we should watch the waiver wire carefully when guys start getting released and get on waivers. I, I don't think they're done on the offensive line. Um, I don't know how they could be at this point. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I, I, I'd watch the waiver wire. I'm, I'm almost certain they're going to go to the waiver wire and pick some guys up. 
Well, this wouldn't be a waiver wire move, but I saw earlier, and I believe Ian Rappaport might have tweeted it out, that the Bears were looking at possibly moving Tevin Jenkins, who was a second-round draft pick just a year ago. Uh, obviously, he's a tackle. He was a guy that a lot of people were very high on in the draft. He hasn't figured it out in Chicago. Uh, Champ Kelly comes from Chicago. He's the assistant GM with the Raiders. Do you think there's a possibility that, uh, you know, especially with Champ Kelly being the guy that was the college scout evaluator, basically, for Chicago, that he may give his old buddies in Chicago a call? Yeah, I mean, what's this, What's this? you know, organization proven already that familiarity means a lot to them? Right. You know, we see how many expatriates are. We see how many expatriates. So if he goes into Josh and, and Dave and says, hey, I think this game can work, can work out. I saw him in college. Uh, I saw him there. He was a second-round pick. I I wouldn't be shocked at all if they looked at him and bringing him in um, and making you know making a move for him because that's what these guys these guys really seem to like. There's nothing wrong with this. They really seem to like guys they've worked with or know a lot about. Mm-hmm. So you know, right there, you you made a perfect point of there is someone on the staff that's familiar with him. And again, it's not a waiver wire move, but I think you know I don't think they can look at the starting line. Maybe maybe the five starters, but then you look behind them in terms of quality depth. I don't think they can look at this line and say that's going to be the line that takes us through the entire year. Um, right. Maybe they maybe they think that, um, but I I just I have a feeling they don't. Um, talking to these people, I, I I do think they're going to look hard at what's out there and and make a move or two. And you know I think we both agree they probably should look hard at what's out there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney right now on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Demond's got one for you. Yeah, Ed, you mentioned Alex Leatherwood in his press conference. Jonathan Abram also spoke to the media this past weekend, and it just wasn't an inspiring, you know, performance that he put up to the media. He really didn't seem downtrodden, but he just didn't seem like he wanted to answer questions. Is he another player that was a former first-round pick but is in jeopardy of losing his starting spot with this new regime? Um, I'm not sure starting spot. I mean, I think it depends on what they play, and, you know, Q can talk to this as well in terms of the scheme they play. I mean, I think if he's closer in, he's much better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he, he's struggled, struggled in uh, coverage. You know, that first year, horseback riding on hard knocks, I think Mayock and Gruden really came down hard to them because when he missed the first year, he was still giving interviews. He was still kind of rambunctious and, and outlandish, and I think they, you know, in their own words or in their own ways, felt that they set him straight with that. So he's been like this, Demond, he's been like this yeah. since after the first year. He we had him in I think Q can we had him in OTAs and <laughs> nothing against them, but you know, uh, we're in the business of we need quotes, we need something. Right. So when we hear John's coming into the room, um gets a little dicey because we know he's not gonna say much and I think he's just taken on this persona of him against the world. They did not pick up his fifth year option. Uh, he can't be happy about that, nor would I be happy about that. I mean, that's a lot of money on the table that they didn't pick up for you. Um, but I think he's—I think this is what we're getting from John Abram from now on. I don't think he's suddenly going to be the guy again who's, like, like we said, riding horseback through the Napa Valley on, on hard knocks. I think that guy's gone. Yeah, I do too. And, and I don't think that he's uh, one that wants to be very vocal with the media. You know what I mean? No. I, I don't think that that is something he wants. He doesn't want to provide, like you said, Ed, we're looking for quotes. He doesn't want to provide any quotes. And that's that's not no. a bad thing. I mean, if he feels like, no. you know, we we aren't fair to him or whatever, right. then, you know, so be it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, everyone uses different things for motivation. Right. So if his chip on the shoulders, they didn't pick up his option and the media is against him, then, you know, if you use it to play better, then use it to play better. Right. I, I don't know what his chip on the shoulder is. He's got one for something. I'm not sure just kind of how he acts and comes off. So, that's fine. Like I said, he doesn't. He doesn't need to talk to me. None of them need to talk to the media. I mean, right? Exactly. Our job is much harder, but 
I think sometimes media have kind of an air about them that, you know, we're owed something. We're not owed anything. Not, uh, not at all. We're, we're supposed to go out there and, and do our job and, you know, tell stories. Now, does it help the fans who sometimes are against the media that we can tell stories and there's good quotes? Yeah, because that allows the fans to learn more about their team. Right. You know, I think fans get carried away with, you know, against the media. It's like, well, listen, if we're not allowed to do our jobs, you don't learn as much about the team. Um, so, you know, it, it goes both ways. But in terms of John, uh, he's obviously taken a, uh, let's say, vow of near silence right. uh, with us. And, um, you know, that's fine. Q's right. I mean, if that's how he wants to play it, he has every right to play it that way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, hey, we, we can't force him to talk. And, you know, no. we, can o- we can only write about or talk about and w- whatever, you know, he provides us. So whatever he provides us is just fine. Not, not a yep. problem at all. Speaking of providing sound and providing good quotes, uh, I, I peeped you on uh, on Sunday, man. You had a couple minutes with GM Dave Ziegler. I saw you sitting down doing your yeah. your, your your best Q and A. Did any good nuggets drop out of that from uh, from Dave? Did you get to know him a little bit better? Yeah, I got to know him a little bit better. Writing something for him for our special section in the in the Review Journal. Um, nice. He was great. Um, talked about uh, the difference of building a roster in 2022 compared to 25 years. You know, maybe five to ten years ago, and it really hasn't changed. Obviously. It all depends on the team you're building for because everyone's different. Um, but, you know, he said, look, you need the same things. You need someone who can throw it. You need, you know, you need edge rushers. He goes, nothing's really changed. He goes, but how the game's played now, you really need people who can cover. Right. Um, and, you know, I, he didn't say that they couldn't cover. But, you know, I think, you know, you got the feeling that, you know, Dave is uh, he's on top of things. And if they don't have what they need, he's going to try and go out and get it. You know, he's, it's interesting because he said as the GM – you know, he used to be able to do A, B, C, and D every day, and now it's A, B, C, Z, X, Y. I mean, things pop up in his world now because he's in charge of so many people, and he's in charge of so many things that are non-football now right. you know, across the organization that, you know, he, he said that's been a learning curve and a learning process for him that it's just not, hey, I've got to go get this player, how are, you know, dealing with Josh. And the other thing I thought was really cool is, you know, you were in the uh, Josh McDaniels press conference where he said, you know what, we don't always agree. Yep. But, you know, five minutes later, we can look at each other and compromise. And, and Dave said the same thing, that their relationship has grown even stronger uh, since they came together here. And it was just cool to sit down and get to know him a little better. Um, really cool guy and answered all the questions. And um, uh, if John Abram was silent, let's say Dave Ziegler was anything but. <laughs> right. He, and- he, had great, he had great answers for me. And you guys stayed out of the rain because it was coming yeah, down, yeah. brother. <laughs> I was, was supposed to do it outside, and then I, I, Will Kiss, the PR guy, looked at us and he said, "Well, you better, you know, you better go to the back of the tent." Right. No, that was fine. I, that was good. I, I was like, "Okay, good job." Ed's on his on his grind right there. That's that's good stuff. You know, the one thing I'll say, I, I definitely want to compliment Dave Ziegler because he is out there. Every single day, yeah. he's very active. Yeah. He's up and down the field. He's, I mean, hell, I saw him, you know, picking up towels off the field today. I saw him, you know, running water bottles over. If a ball goes that way, he'll go grab. I mean, like, he is just Johnny on the spot. Like, he is very yeah. active. His energy level is very high. Yeah, I think he's excited, man. I think they're all stoked to be there, and they're, they're ready to see what they have. I mean, you and I have talked about it. You know, when they came, it was a decision. Do you rebuild or do you build the win now? And I think they built to win now. Now, you know, they got to get guys healthy. And, right. you know, you're, you're always a couple key injuries away from winning now and, and being in trouble. Um, so I think, you know, if, if these guys come back and they're okay and they can get some depth back and maybe, like I said, go grab a lineman or two, um, I think they think they're going to be very competitive and, and, and compete for a playoff spot. And if you compete for a playoff spot, you never know anything can happen. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's excited. And, um, 
it's cool to see a GM do that, right? I mean, a lot yep. of GMs kind of stand in the background and let other people do everything and just kind of view the practice, and, and then they're off. But it seems like Dave's really, really involved, and, and that's absolutely cool to see. Yeah, he is very involved, in, and just, you know, like I said, real real cool when you see him, and he's very respectful, and, hey, how you doing, yeah. all that, and yeah. he doesn't have to do that. I mean, he's the GM of the team. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no, so. exactly. He's, he's very much like that. Exactly. Well, Ed, thank you so much for your time, my man. Yeah. I know you mentioned you got a piece coming out on, on GM Dave Ziegler, but uh, what else you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? We'll, we'll talk Raiders tomorrow. Obviously, you got to talk Raiders all week, and then Max Patry, the golden, uh, former Golden Knight, had uh, mm. a lot to say on a podcast about – how soft the fans and media are in Las Vegas. So we're going to have a guest Ooh. on at 9.30 to go over that and see what Mr. Pacioretty said about all of us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll review that at 9.30 tomorrow. Well, I, I got to tune in at 9.30, man. I got to yeah. hear what the man's yeah. saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he went on a podcast. He had a lot to say about uh, insinuated the fans and the media and everyone else was pretty soft, and he wished it wasn't that way. It's, you know, it, it's fine. Say what you want. I get that. I always have a little 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 chuckle when it's like, well, then why didn't you say it when you were here? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right about that. Exactly. It's easy to say something when you're a long way away, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. All right. Good stuff. Well, Ed, thank you again, my man. It's always right, great buddy. to catch up with you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. All right. No doubt about it. There he goes. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and also Las Vegas Review Journal, where he puts out a lot of fine work. So many thanks to Ed for that. 2.48 is the time. Close out our number one when we come back. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, Coach Daryl Tootle, Eldorado High School right here in the Las Vegas area. He was at uh, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Him and his football team, along with many other football teams from around the area, were there to check out Raiders practice, a little training camp action for him. So we'll talk to Coach about the experience, talk about the feedback that he got from his team, and, of course, the upcoming football season because high school football is getting going, college football is right around the corner, and then the NFL is right behind it. So it kind of goes in that order. And, to, and side note, Tamon, did you know that school starts next week for high school? Yes, I did because Toby the intern, yeah, last week was his last show. Oh, that's right. Toby the intern. That's I was right. talking to him and he was like, Yeah, I got school coming up. I was like, Oh, really? Man, that went by fast, didn't it? School's coming back next week. Man, well, there you go. Uh, get the kids out the house, get them back to school so they don't eat up all your food. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. But we've been asking you, throwing out there the question on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and also the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Just ask him your level of concern right now, and you don't have to be super concerned. You know, you might be, but you don't have to be. Uh, as far as Chandler Jones, he's missed four days of practice now, and Darren Waller's missed two. So on a scale from one to three, one obviously not a whole lot of concern, three being a lot of concern, where are you at right now? Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Ness. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? Uh, thanks for having me on. I yep. just wanted to say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it out a one. Okay. Um, we're, just because he's a football player, we're going to automatically assume it's an injury or something with performance. Guys go out of work all the time for four to five days. Maybe there's some personal going on in his life. We don't know. Um, I'll, I'll give it one for both Waller and um, our boy Chandler Jones. But also, um, Q, I just had a question for you. Uh, I know you touched on it earlier in the show about the difference between practices from this year and last year maybe, but I, I just really want to get your opinion on – what is the total difference between a Gruden practice last year 
and the McDaniels practice this year because from what I'm hearing from our reporters and all our lovely people at the station is that it's completely night and day. And I'm with that. I'm here for that all the way around. Also, on another side note, I'm glad my boy Rob Ryan is back. I'm a young Raider fan. I'm only 30 years old. And the pinnacle of my what I saw our defense was when he was on the defensive side of the ball. 06, 07, 08. Top five defense. Our offense was dead last. That's not our but <laughs> yeah. top five defense. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you, Raider Ness. Appreciate the call. And, uh, yeah, Rob Ryan, that's a cool dude right there. Uh, he goes to the barbershop that we go to, or I go to, uh, yeah, in the cut. Rob Ryan's every once in a while. He doesn't get his hair cut very often, but when he does, he goes to end the cut. So there you go. Uh, side note on Rob Ryan. As far as the practices, it's definitely a lot different. It is definitely a lot different. Now, I'm not saying that – uh, you know, this is the only way to be effective. I'm not saying that Gruden's practices weren't effective because uh, they were out there putting in work. Please believe that. But it just seems like in this practice led by Josh McDaniels and, you know, Patrick Graham and, uh, you know, whoever else, uh, Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator. I mean, just all these guys seem like the attention to detail. Edgar Bennett, the wide receivers coach, looks like it's a lot more attention to de- detail. Like I've been saying for about a week or two now, it's really a lot of teaching going on and coaching. So uh, a lot of these drills are very fast-paced, uh, especially today. They ramped up the pace today. I, th- I thought that was really cool to see. Uh, you saw I saw Coach McDaniels kind of talking up Lester Cotton a little earlier, like almost pulled him to the side and was like, all right, this is what you have to do, and this is why you have to do it. So it just feels like it was more of just a, a, a big team practice when it was under Gruden. This is more the gr- position groups are separate, and they're really working hard, and then they all come together at some point. But it really seems like this one is just a lot more intense and a lot more attention to detail. I think that'd be the biggest, um, you know, the biggest difference between the two regimes and their the way they they uh, their practice styles go. But again, not saying that there's only one way to get it done. It's just this is how this regime gets it done. Two fifty six is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Coach Daryl Tootle from El Dorado High School. He'll join the show to talk about the Sun Devils experience today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.